0: Welcome back to another edition of the Faithful Interested Podcast with pastor, author, teacher, Dr. Travis Tyler. I am Zachariah Pugh, and I will be your host for today. And finally, we are going to kind of wrap up our series that we've been doing for a couple of months uh, with a few breaks for Christmas and, and uh, Thanksgiving uh, on what does a mature Christian look like. And so we're going to wrap this up today. I want to say happy Valentine's Day this past week to all the um the the folks out there we hope that uh, you had a, a great day and um i'm sure maybe next week uh, we talked about doing like a little valentines epito- episode so um maybe next week we'll follow that up uh, to talk about that so travis how are you this morning
1: i just want to know what love is you do <laughs> you look you look <laughs> you great this, so yeah. yeah thanks i'm uh, sitting here in my general shell hat and you I know like getting too. ready to probably going to the gym after this is over so I'm I, still about-
0: I, High, wide, high, wide, and handsome. That's the way I like you. That's the way I like you. So, all right. So number 12. So we've gone through 12 of these. And just remember, these are all listed on past podcasts. So we invite you to go back and check them out. Uh, Number 12, a life. uh, This is what a mature Christian looks like. A life that outwardly displays the values of devotion to the word and spiritual disciplines, worship, prayer, the gifts and fruits of the spirit. The reproduction of your faith, evangelism, and the reproduction of your ministry, and then the love of Christ church and the community community of believers. So in a way, Travis, um, this is almost like a wrap-up episode of a lot of, like we've kind of talked about a lot of these things we have. Um, individually throughout different episodes, maybe not so much, you know specifically the Holy Spirit and how it works through you. We kind of dabbled into that. But I'm excited as we wrap this up today. So take it over.
1: Well, today's episode is a bit like my preaching class, right? So when you're in seminary, you're learning Greek over here, and you're learning church history over here, and you're learning systematic theology over here, and then you get to preaching class and you get to put it all together. And, you know, that's kind of what today's episode is, is we've been looking at all these values, and we've talked about worship, and we've talked about prayer, and we've talked about these different things, and now we're going to try to sort of hem it all up. We're going to rely heavily on Dr. Donald Whitney because he's done such great writing and thinking particularly in the area of spiritual disciplines. If you've never been uh, familiar with this or you don't quite know how to think about spiritual disciplines for the Christian life, I highly recommend Donald Whitney's book on uh, living a spiritual discipline life, uh, or excuse me, spiritual disciplines for the Christian life by Dr. Donald Whitney. He was one of my professors at Southern seminary. Very helpful guy. Very helpful guy still around. So he's, he's still kicking it, still doing well, but um so let's uh, let's dive in. Let's dive in with uh, first of all the the foundational spiritual discipline that, and I would argue, all the others rest on, is Bible intake. Yeah, this includes reading Scripture, studying Scripture, memorizing and meditating on the Bible in order to understand and apply God's word to one's life. So it's foundational. You you will not have a You will not have near the prayer life, right, which is number two. And we're not going to go greatly into that, communicating with God, expressing one's needs and desires, as well as listening to God's voice. You know, you need to be able to pray prayers that you find in scripture. You're only going to be able to find that through Bible intake.
0: Yeah. And we've talked about that in nearly every episode, you know, the importance of studying the Bible, being in the word. And I was going through, you know, all 12 of these or 11 of them. And it's like they all, you know, you can't do one without the other. Right. You got to have both.
1: They are somewhat interdependent, but that's right. Bible intake is still foundational for all of them. Um, Worship involves giving honor and praise to God, both individually and collectively as a church body uh, through singing, prayer, participation in um, the ordinances. Mm. Uh, We don't say sacraments in Baptist life. We don't believe they're (laughs) means of grace. We say ordinances. Uh, You know, so like communion and baptism, there's really only two uh evangelism we've talked about this in other episodes i think we talked about the different approaches of evangelism but involves sharing the message of the gospel with others in order to bring them into a relationship with with christ uh serving others that's just simply serving involves putting the needs of others before one's own as ways of demonstrating god's love to those in need and then stewardship being a good steward of everything you've been given your time your money your your gifts and abilities you know using those to build the kingdom of god and for his glory fasting which is not a favorite one in baptist life but fasting involves <laughs> abstaining from food and other pleasures for a time in order to focus on spiritual matters and draw closer to god and then number number
0: 8 hey can i say list. something about fasting cuz you yes. kind of you kind of you kind of brought the, you kind of said it you kind of touched it you know, I think a lot of times people hear fasting and they think food. And, and I think, you know, that is, that is what a lot of people do is is fast, but, you know, and this kind of goes without saying, you know, there's other ways to fast. Like you can, you can fast, uh, by not, maybe you put your cell phone down for a day, you know, you say, Hey, I'm not going to check social media all day today, or, you know, I'm not going to watch TV for a week, you know, like I'm going to abstain from a certain show that I, that I like to watch. So, Right. Like there's other ways besides food, Travis, that you can, that you can abstain from, from fasting. So um, if, Hey, note, I wanted to say this, if you're, if you can, if you watch us or listen to us on Spotify, which I did this week, by the way,
1: you could, you asked me. Yeah. Did you like that? It was, you know, it yeah. was different experience watching yeah. myself on Spotify. Yeah. You know,
0: so, so if you, uh, if you are on Spotify, you can watch us right now and you will just see Travis, thankfully muting his mic and going into a coughing fit. So yeah, for those who <laughs> are, are listening the, on audio, you're missing. That. The, you you don't have to the, pay extra the, for that here. No, it's free.
1: That's behind the scenes stuff That it's you completely free. free.
0: So watch yeah. us on Spotify. We'd love to love for you to be able to see our, our faces. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so fasting, Travis, so you can go, you can do other things, right? I mean, what's an example can, of something that you do other than fasting from food?
1: Um, I have fasted from the news now for about five years. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose. I don't know that that uh, one counts. <laughs> I, I have fasted. You know, it's either you can be, what? what's the old saying? You can either be uninformed or incorrectly informed, and I just choose to be uninformed. Yeah. Uh, no, I've, I've, i fasted from like, I've taken some uh, social media breaks, you yeah. know, I've taken, um, I've taken breaks from particular foods that I love, you know, yeah. um, and, and been disciplined about, you know, that. Yeah. Maybe you
0: don't, maybe, maybe you go to the coffee store every morning and for like a week you say, I'm not going to do this. Like I'm going to spend that yeah. time, you know, so I, we, I try to do non-technology weekends with the kids like where we'll have a weekend where we don't do the only thing we can turn on in the house is like music and uh, no TV, no video games. And I mean, the kids, they embrace it and they've enjoyed it every time I've done it, you know, so.
1: But I still think that it is about food too, because fasting while can perhaps extend to some other areas uh, is about, you know, you got to have food to live. You have to physically have food to live. Well, and
0: Jesus said, "I am the bread of life." Right? He always used and that. And so,
1: it's about example. feasting on the Lord. And yeah. and I I don't know if you know this or not, but there's actually scientific evidence that proves that abstaining for food in a fast is actually very beneficial to your health. Yeah. And I know that may be a little counterintuitive, but it releases certain toxins out of the stream and prevents cancer. And there's multiple there's multiple physical advantages. But the main point of fasting is you're saying, I need the Lord more than I need food. That's right. Then I need the most, you know, and and, the uh, most important
0: thing that, yeah, yeah. Most important thing to
1: sustain me is not food, but the Lord. So very good. So number eight, Uh, silence and solitude is taking time for silence and solitude. Some of you might not think that's a discipline, but I, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. It's very difficult to go somewhere and there not be noise. Yeah. Have you ever no. noticed
0: that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> there's a interesting article I read one day about a guy who was just trying to make a recording without any human noise, like no cars, no, you know, basketballs bouncing, no kids yelling or people yelling, no gunshots, no nothing. And he was trying to go. And it was very, very difficult. You have to go way out. Now, yeah. I don't know necessarily about that, but this is about taking time to just be silent and be in solitude and cultivate a deeper sense of intimacy with God and provide space for reflection and contemplation. i tell you something I really wanted to try is in, in line with this is those, um you've seen those chambers they build called sensory deprivation, where they just, you know, they basically lock you in a box with water in it and it's completely silent and it's completely black. And, um, uh, you know, you call just, that
0: solitary confinement.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be there a real long time, but maybe, you know, read a glorious truth and go in there and reflect on it. Now I have heard studies of people who've been left in prolonged, you know, silence and solitude, like in that kind of a situation and they begin losing their mind at a certain yeah. point. So you, yeah. can't, you can't, you can't leave can't do that for long.
0: But, but to your point, I, I have a couple, my mentor, um, in Texas, um, Milt, he a couple of times a year will, will go away somewhere, you know, and he'll get a hotel and it's usually somewhere kind of, you know, in nature in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, he'll just spend that two days like praying and walking and just in his Bible and just like no phones. Like he's, he's really disconnected and, and he's retired and he can do things like that. Um, it's a little more difficult, you know, in our stages of life and especially with you being a pastor, but, I think it's important and man, I I look forward to the day when I can maybe do some of that. We've also talked you and I about getting together like Christian brothers, you know, just having a weekend, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's just no phones, no TV, maybe Mm -hmm. some, maybe some music and just our Bibles and just, uh, getting together. But sometimes I, I, I have a long drive into work every day. And so I try to do that. I'll, some days I, I, I love music. Like I always have music going like in my office right now. There's some there's music playing. I always like to have some background noise. And so but there are mornings where I'll purposely not turn any kind of music on and I'll just ride in the car silent, you know, and use that time for prayer. And just like you said, like just thinking it it allows um, it allows the Holy Spirit to interject things into our to our minds and for us to think about. So that's good. That's a good one. I think that's one that people probably don't think about a lot.
1: Yeah, you know, most people don't have a problem with not having enough noise and distraction. It's yeah. more, of, you know, we have too much. Yeah, I agree. Uh, journaling is another one. We've talked about this one. I'm not going to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. on it, but basically it's just involving recording one's thoughts and experiences as a way of reflecting on one's spiritual journey and seeking guidance from God. That's, hard. That That's be, a hard one for me. You know, I would I would recommend this. It doesn't have to be pen and paper. You know, you if you've got time and you've got what I call an awkward amount of time, you know, where you got like 18 minutes before your next meeting, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Or you got like, you know, 23 minutes before you got to take the next call. Maybe, maybe take, you know, five minutes of that and write out a prayer in your uh, Google documents or whatever you use. You know, I'm trying to be for the Android users as well as the iPhone users. there, something they both use. And uh, so, yeah, you know, that's you, a good idea. And you yeah. can keep it going, you know, and, and it's always with you that way. You know, and that's that's the perk of that. So anyhow. All right. And then learning. Oh, was there something else?
0: I love it. I think it's great. That's a good idea.
1: And then learning involves seeking out opportunities to grow in one's knowledge and understanding God and His ways, including attending church, participating in Bible studies, and reading Christian literature. I uh, once pastored a lady who told me that she had learned everything there was about the Bible. And I was like, wow, that's Mm the most arrogant statement I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. It is up there, you know? Yep. And, uh, you know, I was like, I didn't know that you hovered above the rest of us with your knowledge like that. So, I mean, I'm, I've am i been preaching and teaching the Bible now for 20 years, and I'm I'm still learning every day.
0: Well, and the, I think God reveals, um, one of the pastors I greatly respect down in Texas, Tommy Nelson, he is incredible. Incredible speaker, incredible knowledge. I think at one point he had memorized the entire New Testament, and he uh-huh. he reads through his Bible every year, and he says, and he's in his seventies, and he says every time I read it, every time I reread it, God shows me something different. So, yeah, that's uh, unfortunately a foolish statement because it's a living, breathing thing, and it's there's different revelations, right, every time you read it.
1: Certainly different implications and applications each time, depending yes. on where because you, you're often in different places than you were yeah, a year ago. That's or right. Hour, that's or right. Uh, but I want to point out that this is a this is not just a checklist for Christians to do. These are means of cultivating a deeper relationship with God. And each person may need to focus on different disciplines at different times in their spiritual journey.
0: And we're going to kind of talk about this in a second, but um, not to kind of observe it, but the Holy spirit is real and alive in all of us. And the mark of it be like, we can't do anything in our own strength. Right. So in a way, It's almost a bit of a dichotomy because it's like if you're a follower of Christ, these things should be squeaking out of you anyway, little bits of it at least. Yeah. You you should have a desire to go open your Bible and read it. You should have a desire to spend time with prayer. You should have a desire to be, you know, doing worship and things like that. Like little little bits should be coming out.
1: Exactly. But it should be noted. The reason they're called disciplines is it requires effort on your part. That's
0: right. Because we do have a free will. And so
1: you can't just you can't just expect a cultivated deep relationship with the Lord by osmosis and doing nothing. I don't think that you're thinking correctly about our faith. Um, You know, you're, you're thinking passively and you're thinking like a antinomial, someone who believes the law doesn't even apply. You know, it's, you don't lose weight by doing nothing. You don't make money usually. I mean, unless you're handed a fortune by doing nothing, you, it involves, you gotta do something. That's right.
0: Yeah. Jesus talked about the the, you know, the parable of the talents, you know, you gotta, you gotta go out and trade and do some things. So that's the thing. That's what's tough. Like I know for me personally, as a lay person, you know, I mean, I, I totally agree and agree with everything you're saying 100%, you know, um, there's that fine line of, yeah, you got to do the work, but at the same time, the Holy spirit should be generating the desire for you to do that work at the same time. So, um, all right. As we move on here, so, this is we're going to get into a little bit of this the spiritual gifts. So, why don't you talk on that a little bit?
1: Well, historically, there are two camps that think about this, and there are two camps today that are alive and well in our nation, and they are cessationists. Cessationists believe that miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit, like speaking in tongues, prophecy, and healing, were only intended for the early church and have ceased in operation. The church today, with completion of the canon of scripture that you have in your hand, aka. The New Testament. So, when the New Testament was completed, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to cessationists, would say they stopped. Uh, Mm A famous cessationist today would probably be Pastor John MacArthur out in California. He held a conference not too long ago, I guess it's been a few years ago now, but it's called Strange Fire, where he was arguing for a cessationist point. Uh, He makes the point the purpose of miracles gifts was to confirm the message of the gospel to the early church and establish its credibility. And once that was done at the apostolic age with the death of the last apostle, the need for the gifts ceased. That's what they would argue and say. Uh, They believe that many of those supposed manifestations of the spirit today are actually fraudulent or counterfeit. Interesting, Mm -hmm. which is why you have the name of that conference. He did strange fire and that they can be dangerous if they are not tested and discerned properly. So on the other hand, you have continuationism, which believes that the gifts of the Holy Spirit continued, uh, holds miraculous gifts, are still in operation in the church today, and are necessary for the church's growth and effectiveness. They point to biblical passages like 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, which describe the gifts of the Spirit and their and their use in the church as evidence that the gifts were intended to continue beyond the early church. Uh, this theological debate still rages today in the in the Christian communities and among theologians, and as strong arguments and positions are on both sides. However, it's important for Christians to approach this issue with grace and humility and recognize that even those who hold different views on gifts of the spirit can still unite in their love for Christ and their desire to serve him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would um where where do you stand on all this? What's your
1: My personal is? position is I would consider myself a somewhat skeptical continuationism. Um I would say I personally am open to the spiritual gifts but cautious.
0: Yeah, cautious but open-minded. And that's exactly where I'm at too. Like you see the Benny hens of the world coming down and slapping people on the heads and and healing and things like that, that I think that's what has spurred maybe John MacArthur,
1: who I respect Are they healing them though. Are they healing them or is it just a show?
0: It's a show. Like I think it's a show. And I think that's probably where a lot of that skepticism comes in and why probably John MacArthur has done his conference. But I, I just think that it's foolish to limit what the Holy spirit can do. We've seen, you know, even on this show within the last year we've done, you had a a church member who was healed. He had full blown cancer and he was completely healed nobody could make any sense of it um and um you know he he got another year now he he passed eventually but he got another year and and I'll tell you one story that I have I you know because I think a lot of people when they think about speaking in tongues they think of the pentecostal you know people standing up in the aisles jibber jabber and nobody can understand what they're saying it's weird and crazy and thank god I honestly have never experienced that but I was in Africa in 2006 and our pastor We were at this, uh, we were actually at a prison, and he got up and spoke. And there were many different, there were several different uh, African dialects there. And he didn't, he got up and spoke in English. Like we could all understand exactly what he was saying. And at the end of the sermon, multiple guys came up, and he didn't have an interpreter. He was just talking. Multiple men came up and accepted Christ. And they could, we had to have an interpreter to have the conversation between him and the pastor that was, a, that was incredible. Like I saw that firsthand. And to me, that was speaking in tongues. Like he just got up, he wasn't doing a show. He was preaching a sermon in English and men got open their ears in their dialect to hear him. That's, in, that's incredible. That's speaking in tongues. So, you know, that uh, there's, and there's other stories, right? I think you were, you have a, you have another side of that coin.
1: I have the opposite story. Yeah. Of you. Uh, so just like God can impart gifts, so can Satan. And deceiving people. So this is why I say open but cautious. I was yeah. talking to a missionary at Southern Seminary who shared with me, he was on the field, and I think it was somewhere in in Africa. It might have been South America. Anyhow, it was somewhere where he was not, he had to have an interpreter because he could not speak the native dialect. And another person that was there who was not a native speaker to the language that the worship service was going on in stood up and everyone and he started speaking you know, their local dialect without any training or any, you know, knowledge of it. And, you know, so the interpreters are obviously everybody that's there, you know, everybody that can hear the you know gospel or whatever the person's saying in their own language. But instead of people rejoicing, the whole congregation looked horrified. They looked absolutely horrified. And he leaned over to the interpreter. He said, what is going on? Why does everybody have that look on their face? He said, this man just stood up and cursed God with every cuss word we have in our language. So it's possible for Satan to mimic. We we shouldn't be surprised by this. Satan no. often tries to mimic yeah. the things that God does. I think one great Presbyterian theologian said Satan always tries to ape, you know, to copy what God is doing. So um, yeah, so just be careful. That's what the open but cautious thing comes in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's good stuff. All right. So what's next?
1: Well, did we talk about the gifts?
0: The tongues? I guess we've talked
1: about tongues a little bit. Tongues is just the ability to speak in a language that is unknown to the speaker. Interpretation is the ability to understand and interpret a message spoken in tongues. I would argue, based on Acts, for intelligible language. I'm not saying there's not a possibility of unintelligible language, but I would argue for that because that seems to be the example, people hearing the gospel in their mother tongue. Uh, other, Other examples of spiritual gifts are wisdom. Uh, This is the ability to apply biblical knowledge in life situations. Knowledge, the ability to understand and interpret God's word. Faith, a deep trust in God's character and promise. Healing, which we've talked about, touched on. The ability to pray for and see physical and emotional healing in others. Man, we we need that one. Miracles, the ability to see God work in supernatural ways. You know, we've seen that here in our church last year. Prophecy, the ability to speak a message from God to individuals or groups. I would primarily put this in the category of Making clear what God has already said, not speaking about future events. Right. Okay. I know people are kind of get a little weird with that one. The
0: book, the book's finished. There's no we're we're not adding on
1: to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, service, the ability to serve and meet the needs of others in the church and community behind the stage people, you know, behind the curtain people, you know, that are keeping things running. Church can't run without them. So they're all the point though is that. All of them are for the building up of the church and the advancement of God's kingdom. That's the primary function of why they've been given. All right.
0: Yeah, I love it. So from spiritual gifts, uh, we move to the fruits of the spirit. And what does that oh, look like? And the Bible is very clear about that.
1: Oh yeah. Galatians five twenty two through 23. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. Uh, these are basically the character qualities in a believer's life. Yeah, They reflect the nature and character of who God is, right? So that's as simple as that. The fruit of the Spirit is not something that a believer can produce on their own, I would argue, no. but rather the result of surrender and obedient life that is characterized by a close relationship with God. Yeah, I totally agree. So, so let's just go over these quickly. Love, an, an ability to give unconditional, self-giving love that seeks the good of others, not using others to further your own kingdom. Joy, a deep sense of gladness and delight that is based on the truth of God's love and faithfulness. And let's just be honest. Isn't it better to be around people that are joyful than people who are not? I don't yes. think I have to draw you a picture of <laughs> not joyful. I think most people know what an Eeyore type person is. And I think some people even describe them as draining energy. I
0: can be Eeyore sometimes. I'm, my wife, my wife says I'm being Eeyore.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> 10 four.
1: Uh, Peace is a sense of wholeness and tranquility that is rooted in the knowledge of God's sovereignty and control and being able to rest in that, you know, if you, if you, I don't understand if you're not, you know, driven by a deep seated peace in your life. I don't understand how you sleep at night mm. because, you know, you, the only way you can close your eyes and give up and relinquish any kind of control for your environment, you know, if when you're asleep, anything could happen to you, you know, because you're not aware of what's happening in the world or whatever. Only people who have peace sleep well.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I, I think about this all the time, people that live in like habitual sin, you know, or someone who's cheating somebody or, or you're you're working illegally or you're selling drugs on the street or you're cheating on your wife or you're cheating on your husband. How miserable is that? I mean, I know we love our sin, but my goodness, the deception and that just, I like, that's the great thing about a, a Christian life and you read through it all through Proverbs. You know, Proverbs is not, It doesn't mean everything comes true, you know, like if you do this and do that, you'll be wealthy. But the point is, is that if you live a a Christian life, the Bible tells us, you know, in this world, we have trouble um, and that God gives us trials to test us and to make us, you know, to refine us. Um, But it's a it's a more peaceful life when you're walking with God, you know, like when you're not worried about whether the police are going to come break down your door. Uh, you're not worried about your wife checking your phone or your emails and finding something out there that you shouldn't see. Um, there's definitely a peace that comes with that. Uh, that 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 one would really resonates with me, Travis.
1: Well, I I once recently spoke to a guy who he's a Christian now, but he told me he knew the gospel and he knew what was waiting on him if he died. And he said he was afraid to go to sleep. He didn't have peace. You know, he knew he said if he died in his sleep, he knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, well, that's very good. Patience is just the ability to endure trials and suffer with a steadfastness and a hopeful attitude. Yeah. So being patient in this world that we live in, kindness is just a compassionate and generous attitude that seeks to meet the needs of others, you know, even if that's a kind word for the day. Yeah. No. Goodness a moral uh, excellence that reflects the character of God just just trying to be good and up and up you know it's an issue of integrity isn't it i mean you know you're consistently the same person whether people are watching you or whether they're not watching you yeah you know being the same person and then faithfulness is a steady and reliable commitment to God and to others right that boy i tell you this is um uh, this one we need today with the church hopping we got going on as a pastor i mean you know it it wears you out as a minister, you know, I just listened to a podcast of one of my mentoring pastors, and uh, he's like, people leave, they leave for all kinds of reasons, They li- a lot of people leave for no good reasons, and he said it's just a reality of the situation we're in now. And he talked about how to handle that, you know, sending them texts. They always be your friend. You ever want to come back. You know, if, if he said he wants them back, he'll say, if you ever want to come back, door swings both ways. You know, <laughs> uh, sometimes he said he leaves that last part out if depending on the situation. But anyhow, uh, gentleness is just a humble and considerate attitude that seeks to build up and encourage others. Uh, this is really needed with our culture turning more and more acidic towards believers and it becoming more and more difficult on believers in workplaces. To be gentle and encourage those that are there. And then finally, self control is just like what it sounds the ability to exercise discipline and restraint over one's thoughts, emotions, and actions.
0: Those are all fantastic. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. As the Bible says in Galatians, above those things, against those things, there is no law. So
1: And these really, are not as much as doing, these are just these are just what you are or you're not. Yeah, it
0: just comes out.
1: You know, it's just yeah
0: that's what i was talking about earlier it just kind of it just kind of it just kind of leaks out of you you know if that's what it is and that's you know that's my prayer and it's hard it's hard to you know it's it's um i told i think i said on this podcast a couple weeks ago like my prayer is like take my heart of stone and turn it into flesh because satan is always trying to uh, to get me off my game by traffic <laughs> Basically, traffic every day is what drives me crazy. So um, it definitely tests uh, all my uh, fruits of the spirit. So as we wrap this up, um, Travis, I know you always have a great nugget for us, and so drop that on us today.
1: Dr. Don Whitney is bringing our nugget to us today. Very appropriate, since we've leaned on him heavily in this podcast. Yeah. But um, this one is going to be about regrets in heaven. You ever thought about regrets in heaven, Zach? And that's something – I don't ever think about this, but he brought we have, Yeah, up. Yeah. I, th-
0: I, think, I think you may just dis- – I don't know if I'm saying this. I think there's different levels of heaven. Not levels, per se, but, like, I think there's different that's people. That's good
1: Mormon theology.
0: The, <laughs> the Bible talks about, like, the, different people have different responsibilities. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So.
1: All right, he says this. Did you just call me a Mormon, Mormon? I said that's good Mormon theology levels Okay, I was going to say. And they've got like 5, so, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? L- levels yeah, just of pheasant. Just kidding, just kidding. We love our our Mormon listeners. We're glad you here. You're here. Yeah. So, we glad you here. I can't even put <laughs> verbs and and verb and subject agreement we're together. We glad you here.
0: That's right. We glad right. you here. so right.
1: you're here. Anyway, uh if if there are here's what Dr. Whitney says. If there are any regrets in heaven, They will only be that we did not use our earthly time more for the glory of God and for growth in his grace. If this is so, this may be heaven's only similarity with hell, which will be filled with agonizing laments over time. So foolishly squandered.
0: Mm. That's a deep statement because there's no, you know, there's no pain in heaven, you know, but they do say there's, there's tears and, you know, I don't know. Like I, that's one, that's a really good question. I, I, I wonder, I think it's the same thing where today on earth, like people that are Christ followers and maybe their kids aren't and they're like, how am I going to, you know, you fully understand that there's a heaven and there's a hell and you know, maybe right now that your son or daughter is, is headed to hell and it's like, how do you deal with that? Like how do you, it's one thing to lose a child on earth. That's a horrendous thing, but then to lose them for eternity as well. How do you deal with that? And it's like, I think those are like, we, we will have the bearings to deal with all that and to understand it. So I think we will look back on our lives and say, my goodness, I was so worried about my raises and my job and the house I lived in and the car I drove and Tennessee football and all this other stuff. And then we'll get to heaven and see how unbelievably magnificent it is. Uncomparable to anything that we can comprehend on this earth. And we'll be like, why did I care about that stuff? Like, mm-hmm. why did I care so much? And why didn't I share the gospel more? You know, so why didn't I talk about Jesus more? So I definitely think that there'll be some reflection. How much remorse we'll have? I don't know. I don't know. We'll be perfect. It'll yeah, be perfect you, you would
1: never think that heaven and hell would have anything in common. Yeah. Except for that quote today.
0: Yeah. But we <laughs> will know that, you know, I mean, I think that how do you deal, especially when you have perfect bodies and perfect minds? We're going to be as compassionate as we've ever been, you know, like all the, all those fruits of the spirit that we talked about, we're going to have all those at a hundred percent. And how do we think about all those people in hell, people that we knew family members and, and not have just a, a pain for them. I don't know. I think God gives us something to to handle that.
1: Well, and I, I do think that, you know, we I remember one day when we were in Systematic Theology 3, which I know is a very wonderful sounding class for our listeners. Sounds amazing, and you're, actually. You're going to dream about that tonight. But one thing we covered in there was something called eschatology, and eschatology mm-hmm. is a study of last things. And we talked about at the end of, like, you know, when Christ kind of wins the millennium and it's all over and everyone is cast into hell and the last war is made with the Lamb and... It will be horrific to see all those condemned to hell, but we will stand with God and say, Lord, you are right. You are just, and we will relish in God's goodness, even in the midst of that. So,
0: yeah, no, beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's what's so fun. I love reading my Bible, singing songs and thinking about that's to come, you know, like that's the great thing about revelation. All the, you know, the whole rest of the Bible is Bible stories and things like that, but there's more there's more to come, especially if you know them. Well, we appreciate you listening to the Faithfully Entrusted podcast. You can always reach out to us at faithfullyentrusted at gmail.com. So reach out to us, tell us what you think. uh, If you need prayer, Travis and I would love uh, to put you on our prayer list and spend time uh, praying for you. Thank you for all the folks that do listen. Uh, Please share our podcast and and we appreciate all that you do uh, in listening. We're just here to share the gospel. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for your time today, your week. I know you've been busy, and we just appreciate everything you do for the podcast.
1: Thank you, brother. You do the, you do all the behind-the-scenes stuff that doesn't get as much credit. I, no, I don't think but this, you, would, this would not function without what you do. Well, so. I appreciate
0: that. I appreciate it, and I appreciate all the writing. Folks, you guys don't know how much he puts together. Pretty much a, a basically a sermon, even more so probably uh, every week. For Dr. Travis Tyler, I'm Zach Here, Join us next time when we open God's Word, find out how Christ has faithfully entrusted us with His Word, We'll see you next time. God bless. Have a great day.